Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly, sitting here in person with Megan Gower. First ever in-person podcast in our hotel room in Minneapolis at a time in the morning that we would both really strongly prefer not to be doing this after last night. But there's nothing wrong with having to record a championship game preview because UConn is moving on for the first time since either of us have been covering women's basketball. Which is crazy because this is my sixth season full time on the beat. This is four. I think four. Yeah, yeah for four. you. Crazy. UConn beat Stanford in a game that nobody expected them to win. ESPN's picks were all for Stanford. Our picks were for Stanford. <laughs> you talked to every single person in the media room at the Target Center yesterday, and everyone expected it to be Stanford, but. The one caveat was that Final Four games are weird. UConn has a weird vibe, an it factor going on about itself. And South Carolina is defending national champions, which maybe takes... Stanford. Uh, Stanford. We're not, I'm not editing that out. I deserve a couple of mistakes early on here. Stanford defending national champions. Do they have the fire? I think it was clear last night that they didn't. I still don't know how UConn won, though. We laid out how UConn needed to win this game. Aliyah and Lim needed to stay out of foul trouble. Paige, Azy, and Kristen needed to be unbelievable. They needed to own the uh, the post. They needed to avoid turnovers. They needed to force Stanford to play a bad game. Stanford had a bad game. None of the other things happened, <laughs> and they won. Like It wasn't comfortable, but it was kind of comfortable. They led for... Over 30 minutes in this game, Stanford only led for less than two minutes. UConn led the entire fourth quarter, and it was an eight-point game multiple times in the third, fourth quarter. Like, even though it wasn't the wi- widest win, UConn was in the driver's seat the entire fourth quarter. So, they just figured out a way. Yeah. They just figured out a way. Yeah. It almost felt like in the fourth quarter, they did basically everything they could to lose the game. They had, like, eight turnovers in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter alone. I was like... But they still, it never really felt like they were actually going to lose it. Because no. I just didn't think Stanford could do enough to to get there. They just, they didn't hit a lot of shots that they normally would have hit. That definitely helped UConn out. I think there was a lot of luck on UConn's yes. side last yes. night. But they also deserve it. Yeah. The, the whole time I've been covering the team is they haven't gotten any of the luck. And they haven't gotten a single strand of luck this season. <laughs> That's true. So... The fact that they are finally getting some luck, I don't think anyone can complain because, I mean, everything that went wrong for them in Mississippi State, actually, that's not true. They got the Katie Lou Samuelson foul call that got them back in it. But aside from that, nothing went right. They had the 
come back late against Notre Dame, but even still, they couldn't get anything. Like, they couldn't get the luck that helped them win the games. And I think that was the difference. And it felt very much like the second Notre Dame game, where you're up late in the game, and then you start seeing some cracks appear, and it's like, oh my god, are they going to blow this? And when it was the turnover that Avina had trying to hit Kristen, Mm -hmm. when that ball went out of bounds, I was like, oh god, are they really going to do this? But (laughs) they closed it down, they locked it down. They got the win, and I mean, every time this team celebrates a win, I'm like, they're celebrating it like it's a national championship. Like, don't get too hyped up. But then every time, they, like, recover from it. So I was a little worried with the way they were acting after the semifinal, but I think they're going to be plenty focused for it on Sunday against South Carolina. I mean, like, just nothing on the stat sheet. If you take out the final score i don't think anything that you would see here implies that uconn won the game except the lead time yeah i mean at the rebounding margin i think that was the biggest thing they oh yeah, yeah stanford i think stanford only had like well not only but they had like 12 offensive rebounds and they missed a lot of shots and it was way below their season average offensive rebounding rate like 10 percent below yeah so six points off second chances yeah. <laughs> that's not gonna win you many games yeah especially when you miss as many open shots as they did they missed a lot of shots so yeah i think that's like the one thing that and you made their free throws which mm-hmm. is not something we said no. most of the season but they made them when that counted last night if you ask me how does UConn end up losing the season i'd probably say oh yeah they definitely like blow it on the free throw yep. line at some point. <laughs> but 16 of 20 from free throws 15 of 17 in the fourth quarter and one of those misses was when the game was already over it was yeah. with Aaliyah edwards with six seconds left she hit one of two it didn't even matter right. It only changed it from a five-point game to a six-point game. Stanford had no chance to come back at that point anyways, especially once it went to five points. Once it went to five points, like four points, okay, you hit a three, you get fouled. UConn is more than capable of pulling off (laughs) that type of defensive effort. But once it went to five, it was, okay, this one's done. Who cares that you missed the last one? Stanford won 12 of 18 on layups. UConn's layups were horrible, 16, 6 of 16, but it didn't feel like they were yeah, missing bunnies. No. It was just good defense, and it might have been a little bit generous on what actually layups were counted as. Yeah, and I mean, Stanford didn't really have camera break and volatile. She was on the floor most of the game, so they weren't getting open looks at layup. Those Most of those were contested layups, for sure. Absurd that she was on the floor for most of the it's game. Absurd that she, that she had one foul <laughs> in the first half anyway. Yes. Uh, it was it a was standard of officiating we've seen throughout the entire tournament. Yes, exactly. So if nothing else, they've been consistent. <laughs> and Olivia Nelson Adota finally gets the redemption after just probably like her worst performance of her career yeah. against Arizona last year. That was the defining game of her career for the entire off season, and it wasn't unfair either. Yeah. Not the biggest stat line in the world, but she was excellent on the boards, 10 rebounds. She was excellent defensively against Cameron Brink. Cameron Brink couldn't get... I mean, Cameron Brink finished with 15, but she couldn't get anything going early in the game. She looked really rattled in the first half, I thought. Like, she had turnaround jumpers, like layups, that weren't even getting close. They were hitting the front rim. And then she closes out the game really strong. Gino pointed to the and one that she had late that you could just see her entire body language change and it was completely different and i can't get inside olivia's head but i'd like to ask her today 
how much was when you started struggling at the beginning of that game, did you start thinking, oh my God, I'm doing it again? I, she had one of those just awful layup misses. Yeah. And I wonder if, even if it wasn't conscious, like there was just a nagging thought in the back of her head of, oh my God, I'm going to do this again. And once she got that and one, it all went away. And she closed out the game really strong with, what was it? Seven of her eight points came in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the last 11 minutes, she scored. I That's right. One pass in the, yeah, the end of the third, and then, yeah, seven of 11 points in the last, or seven of eight points in the last 11 minutes. Yeah, and that and one is also what gave Kimber break her fourth foul, so yes. it's super important yes. on that, too. Because it changed the way she played defense. Yeah. Like, there were, she, Brink just started standing with her arms up because right. she couldn't do anything. Exactly. So that was, that was a huge play. Yeah. And Aaliyah Edwards, I thought... Mm-hmm. So this is a second straight game where Leah Edwards' numbers aren't... But it, You can't, like, figure out, like... Okay, I watching the game, Leah Edwards was, like, the most important player out there. Then you go and look at the stats, and it's, like, <laughs> nothing all that special. But she was just coming up with huge plays at, like, every single moment of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, when it was the exact same thing she did against NC State. Mm-hmm. And I think defensively, too. You look at the first half, and she had yes. to come out at the beginning of the second quarter because she got picked up her second foul... And in that, like, last round of the second quarter, I think Stanford rebounded over half of their misses. Mm-hmm. Haley Jones had, like, half of her points in the in the first half in that stretch. So even though it's maybe not showing in her, like, numbers in the box score, because, yeah, you look at this and I mean, nine and eight, not, like, it's nothing overwhelming, but her impact on the floor, I think the way she was, she was on Jones a lot, which I think yes. is really important. And yes. Haley Jones still scored a lot of points, but... I mean, Haley Jones is going to find a way to score points, so... And she also did it on 8-for-21 shooting and 0-for-5 from 3. Right. Like... Well, she's not a good 3-point shooter. I don't... There were sure. some Stanford plays that I was like, yes. you're down by 5 points, yes. why are we taking a Haley Jones 3 in the beginning of the shot clock? Yes, but <laughs> that is a Caitlin Clark-esque stat line. Yeah. 20 points, 8-for-21. Yeah, she made the big shots, like, she made some tough mm-hmm. ones in the fourth quarter, but, I mean... Jones had 20, Brink had 15. But also that was, not efficient at all. Right, that was 35 yeah. of their 58 points. Lexi Hull went 2 of 12 from the field. I want to like that, I feel like Lexi Hull wasn't all you come out. Like, they defended her well, but yes. she also just missed a lot of shots she would normally yeah. hit. Anna Wilson was a complete non-factor in the game. She had one point and she played 16 minutes. Yeah. So, it was just a total, I mean... It was a total meltdown by Stanford. Yeah. I think it's, like, UConn deserves credit for the way that they played. Right. But you also can't talk about this game without saying just how badly Stanford played itself. Right. UConn did a few things right. And they just mm-hmm. did, they did enough to win the game, which is ultimately, yeah. like, they deserve credit for that. But, yeah, I mean, they don't win this game without Stanford doing whatever that was. <laughs> right. But UConn also has, like, three more national championships yes. if they don't pull <laughs> off that type of performance in the final four for... A number of years right, right so that's the game you got to play well to win and I really feel like it just the Texas game they just so badly didn't impress me and it was so clear they didn't have a point guard and it was so clear yeah. in this game too they just didn't have someone who could run the offense through UConn's defense yeah, and, and I think Tara said that, like, after the game. Mm-hmm. She was like, Lacey Hull and Anna Wilson, like, did everything they could, but it just yes. wasn't enough against a team like UConn. Yes, that's what happens when you don't have a point right. guard on the roster. <laughs> I mean, if Nika Mule or or Avina Westbrook even 
are on Stanford or they have a player like that, Stanford probably finds a way to win this game. But it was just such a huge flaw that I think hovered over them all season, but it never really killed them until it mattered, which is the only time that it does matter. (laughs) And then also we have to talk about Avina Westbrook because she hasn't been good in this tournament. She's been a complete non-factor. She hasn't hit threes. But she hits three in the first half. She had only hit three three three-pointers in a game once in the last 23 games. Gino said if you had a shooting contest with her, AZ, and Paige and have it 100 times, Avina's not going to win a single one. But she hits the clutch threes, and that's a really good way to put it. She hit them when she mattered. Those were the only shots shots she made all game. She had some free throws too. But I thought that was – I don't want to get hyperbolic and say that was the best game she's played at UConn. But that was one of the most impactful games she's played at UConn. Yeah. I mean, UConn's not even in this at the half had she not mm-hmm. hit those three threes. Because I think they all came in the first half. Like, she kept them in it early on. And then others stepped down to, uh, stepped up down the stretch. But they really needed baskets in the first half. And they yeah. weren't really getting them. They weren't getting a lot going on offense. They were doing well defensively but couldn't score. And she was able to knock those down. And that was huge. Right. And especially AZ Fudd got in foul trouble mm-hmm. early. Had to go to the bench with two. You needed a guard to come in. Carolyn Ducharme came in and played eight minutes and did absolutely nothing wrong, which is exactly what they yes, just needed her yes. to do. It doesn't matter that she didn't score. It doesn't matter that she didn't grab a rebound. She had one assist, but her plus minus, I think, was minus four, which I don't think really had a ton to do with her. And she didn't turn the ball over. She didn't commit a foul. You will live with that every single day of the week. It, it, it is what it is at this point. She was great earlier in the year. I don't know, maybe she surprises us on Sunday, but UConn's rolling with what it has right now, and I don't think you could fault them. And with Avina's performance, it really feels like UConn's gotten to this point. They've gotten to the national championship game, and it's crazy to say, by not really ever playing their best. They're just, I mean, UCF, they just ground out that win. Indiana, I thought they played pretty decently. NC State, they just found a way. Stanford, they just found a way. But there have been contributions from everyone in that stretch. I mean, Paige going off. And Paige was fine today. She was 14 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. She had 5 turnovers, so that wasn't great. But they didn't need her to take the game over. Kristen Williams was 3 of 13 from the field, but she was great against NC State. Aliyah Edwards has been really great in the last two fourth quarters. Avina today. Nika, the most impactful two-point performance in 18 minutes that I've (laughs) ever seen. But also 8 rebounds. That shouldn't be overlooked. Three of those were offensive, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was huge. And then, you know, AZ's been great at different times this tournament. Olivia, they're not going to win this championship game if Olivia doesn't play great on Sunday. So it feels like they haven't put it all together. And is Sunday going to be the day? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a tough matchup because you're looking at Olivia Boston inside with a thin front court that is foul prone. Yes. yeah, I think it's gonna be difficult. If they can, see, they got it. Olivia Edwards and Olivia Nelson can't pick up like silly offensive fouls on a yes. single screen because that was what got them in foul trouble yes. yesterday. It wasn't even that like mm-hmm. guarding him and break and fouling her. It was offensive fouls. They can't pick those up on Sunday if they're gonna win that game. That that yes. has to be corrected. Yes, it was like three of their first five were on mm-hmm. the offensive end, which is asinine. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on to South Carolina because this is a really interesting matchup. I think, I mean, we both picked Stanford, but I did hedge it with the caveat of there's just something about this right. UConn team. 
all the basketball and everything we've seen says that South Carolina should be the favorite. They should be the favorite. Everyone's... I don't think everyone's going to pick South Carolina. Like, everyone picked Stanford. But I think I'm exclusively picking UConn because they don't lose in championship games. They're they're 11-0. Are they really going to lose on number 12? And this UConn team just has a vibe. And... Are Paige Beckers and Kristen Williams really going to let them lose this game? I, I don't think so. Yeah, that's why I don't think so. Like, especially Kristen Williams. She's a senior. This is her last chance to get one, and she's this close on. I just don't see Kristen losing this game. I think a lot of people probably think it's going to be Paige that goes off, and it very well could be, but I could also see Kristen going off for, like, 25 or something crazy yeah. and just willing this team to a championship. Well, and the other thing is, I mean... I, I, don't, I haven't been that impressed by South Carolina's guards in the mm-hmm. tournament, but they were really good against Louisville. Yes. Bree Beal's one of the best defensive players in the country at guard, so she's going to get one of Paige or Kristen, and it's kind of pick your poison, but I don't really know if South Carolina is going to have the defensive firepower necessary to slow someone else down, especially if AZ plays well or if Kristen yeah. plays well. Those are, or not Kristen, Avina. Mm-hmm. Those are two other players that can score a lot of points on you. And the thing I was thinking about that randomly hit me last night was AZ Fudd's been good in the tournament, but her shooting hasn't really been anything special, which is fine. She still played well. Mm -hmm. But is she due? I kind of feel like she might be due for... Even if she just has one of those bursts where she hits like boom, boom, boom right in a row, that's all you need from her for three. Mm -hmm. So... I, I just have this feeling like it's all going to come together for UConn. Like, Paige is going to be great. AZ's going to hit threes. Aaliyah and Liv are going to have a full 40-minute performance instead of what they had yesterday, where it was they were good enough in the spots that they had to be to win. I still think Aaliyah Boston gets, like, 25 and 20. Like, I think she's going to have a ridiculous performance. But do you just kind of let Aaliyah Boston go off and say, okay... They can take the points inside because we know we're going to score plenty down the other end. Just don't let them hit threes. I don't know. I think Gino, what, what Gino deploys as their defensive game plan is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, I think so too because I think Aaliyah Boston can't win that game by herself. So if she's the only one that's scoring, like, UConn's going to win the basketball game. But how you guard her, I think, depends because, like, South Carolina's guards hit threes against Louisville. Yes. But they could very well come out and have one of their normal performances where they go combine, like, four for 25 for the field, and UConn doesn't really need to guard them because they're going to take bad shots anyway. Right. Well, and also look at what UConn just did to two really good backcourts. They totally, I mean, they they destroyed NC State's Mm -hmm. backcourt. Like, they embarrassed them. Yeah. And even, like, not that Stanford had the greatest backcourt in the world, but I think they do deserve some credit for right. Lexi Hole going two for 12. Stanford went four of 23 from three. Yeah, they didn't hit down shots, but Paige said that their plan was to just contest every single shot. So I really like UConn's chances to shut down South Carolina's guards. That's a mm-hmm. really heavy... Back in... Sep- or uh, I said September. It feels like <laughs> September 2015 that this game was played. But when they played in Atlantis in November, mm-hmm. that was the thing. Is, is South Carolina's front court going to be better than UConn's back or it was which one of the weaker sides is going to come out is it going to be UConn's front court is it going to be South Carolina's back court and I think the answer was no UConn just fell apart in the fourth quarter so it didn't really matter what from what we've seen now to this point I really like UConn's backcourt's chances to shut down South Carolina 
And I just, I've said all tournament that I don't think South Carolina has the guards to win this tournament. And UConn has the guards. UConn, no one has the better guard group than UConn. And they need to prove that on Sunday. But strictly in terms of the backcourt, this is the perfect matchup for UConn. Yeah, I think when you look back to the NC State game, that was probably maybe the second best backcourt in the country. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. And they were able to just take them out of absolutely everything. And I think that's easier to do with South Carolina's backcourt because they haven't been anything spectacular. So if you can take them out of everything and just contain Aaliyah Boston a little bit, like Aaliyah Boston's going to get her points and she's going to get her rebounds, but she can't beat UConn by herself. No. It's... Talking basketball, let's pull out a very bizarre football <laughs> reference. It's like the Super Bowl the Giants and Bills played back in the 90s, where the Giants' plan was to let the Bills running back, whose name I can't even think of, run for like 100 yards because that would take the ball out of the hands of the, of the passing game, which was their strength, and they won the game. So do you almost let Aaliyah Boston go off because you can contain that a lot better? And even still, if you're letting her go off in the point in the post, you can still be swatting at the ball every time she's right. in there. It's so much easier to get turnovers. And I just feel like with the way basketball's come along, it's so much harder to dominate and carry a game with someone on the inside than it is with your guards. So it's just UConn's in so much trouble if South Carolina starts hitting threes like they did against yeah. Louisville. I could see UConn going, you know what, if Aaliyah Boston is going to single-handedly carry South Carolina to a national championship game, then they deserve it. So that, I think, is going to be a really, really fascinating matchup. I'm very interested to see really just everything that gets talked about in the press conferences today because there's so many different elements to this game. And it also almost kind of feels like 95, but reverse for UConn because... And it's not a perfect... Mm -hmm comparison but they play Stanford in the semifinal and they're the upstart program trying to take down the Giants trying to prove themselves South Carolina it's still very clear that they haven't proven themselves as legit contenders even though they've won a championship they still need to get over that hump again which is kind of weird to say but that is that's where they are because I've said it a million times but that championship game in 2017 took a huge amount of luck they needed UConn to get knocked out, and then Carly Samuelson gets hurt for Stanford. That's a big, big difference. And granted, they won it. Mm-hmm. So you still won the national championship, but they very much want to prove themselves again. So they almost feel like they're in the position of UConn, even though I think they're further along at this point than UConn was before they won it in 95. S- even still, it's going to be a crazy game. The fact that UConn is going to be a heavy underdog going into a national championship game. A place they've never lost is crazy. Yeah, it, it is crazy. I mean, it makes sense in yeah. every way, but it is just crazy that they're going to be the underdog. And it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. I am. I'm just excited. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's, I mean, we've never done this. Yeah. We've, we've never, never done this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Already planning on no sleep on Sunday night. Because one way or another, it's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. But I'm not picking against UConn in a national championship no. game. I'm fine being wrong with that. Yeah. I'm more than fine. I agree. I just, like, wanted to be 11-0 or 15-0 at school. Like, I just don't think they're breaking that. And I just I just can't see Kristen Williams losing this game. 
Yeah, and Paige. I Paige mean, Paige is in our hometown. Yeah. You think Paige is going to let someone else celebrate on the court of the Target Center? <laughs> I, I just, so. yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I really, really don't see them losing for a lot of reasons, even though I don't think the X's and O's favor them. Yeah. But it's a championship game, and they're weird, and anything can happen. And this UConn team just has something about them. They just yeah. have... I mean, if you look back to that game in, what was it, November? Yeah, like, it was close. It was close. And then UConn just melted down down the stretch. But, like, this is a much better team than oh my God, UConn had better. been in. Like, so much better. UConn would about, beat the crap out of that UConn yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. And you think about, I think one thing that stood out in that game was, like, Liv didn't have a great second half, but she had a great first yes. half. Like, they, like, yes. Only Boston actually couldn't really do anything in the first half of that game. And yeah. then, obviously, that changed, but... I think something like that from the bigs, and then the guards just can't melt down at the end. Yeah, and I don't think they will. Yeah, I think that was just Gino said that he didn't think they were even going to come close Mm -hmm. to winning that game. He said that multiple times where he thought they had none of it to win that game. Sometimes at this time of the year, when a team just has something about it, and I guess you maybe maybe you could have said that about. Arizona last year, but Stanford also did. Like, Stanford feels like this year's version of UConn in a different way because they had injuries. They spent half the season not even at home because Mm -hmm. of COVID. UConn, is UConn really going to overcome all of this and all all the injuries and all the adversity just to lose in the national championship game? I mean, like, plenty of great stories end in championship games. But this is UConn we're talking about. It's not like they're some plucky underdog because they don't have the talent. So I I just have a feeling that it's all going to come together for them on Sunday night, and it's going to be the best performance we've seen this team play. That's just how... That's the feeling I've had ever since like the final buzzer sounded. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I just... It's, it's too hard to pick against them in this situation. I yes. just can't imagine. Yes. Not ending with them winning at this point. Yeah, like I... As I was writing my story last night, I looked up at the video board, or the one of the TVs in the media workroom, and they had Monica, Monica McNutt on, who was great. Mm-hmm. This is not a knock on Monica McNutt, but they had her uh, national championship prediction, and she picked South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And like without even thinking, my brain went, how could you pick South Carolina? <laughs> Which is absurd to say about the team yeah. that's been number one all season long. I mean, I'm sure she also just didn't want their fans coming for her because they were literally coming for her last week for saying something about how their offense didn't look good. Yeah, after they which is fair. 40 points against Miami. <laughs> also, I just... Oh my God, please. If UConn beat South Carolina, I need to like screen record my computer Twitter and just gonna... let Twitter live in yeah. that moment where South Carolina fans... Oh, it would be so beautiful. It would be so beautiful. No fan base deserves this more than South Carolina in terms of a loss. Twitter is going to like literally break if UConn wins this national championship. Yeah, especially because like ever since the Muffet stuff, the like anti UConn like sentiment, even like the general like UConn women's yeah. basketball world has been way more pronounced. Like if UConn got to the championship game last year, I think people would be annoyed. But it's been like actively like. UConn sucks. Go South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Go Stanford. Go anyone who's not UConn. Yeah. <laughs> so it really is UConn against the world. And it feels so weird to say that against a program that's just blown everyone else out of the water. But 
they got the shot. They, they're there. Mm-hmm. They have the chance. I'm not going to be the one to pick against them. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> People were mad at us for I picking know. Stanford. <laughs> I Look, know. I don't regret my Stanford pick. Yeah. I do not regret I think regret if Stanford it. came out and played their normal basketball game, they would have won the game. So, yeah, I don't regret that pick. But I don't regret the pick just because... <laughs> I say I'm not going to re- regret the pick because... I'm not going to pick on UConn simply because they have good vibe, but that's exclusively what I'm doing for this championship game. So I guess I'm contradicting myself, but no, I'm, I still not stand by, but like, yeah, sure. Come at me for my Stanford prediction. I don't like, that's fine. I, I'd much rather live in a world where I am wrong about UConn losing because just from a totally objective journalism standpoint, it's more fun to cover games when they're wins. And I'd much rather cover a national championship win than UConn's first ever national championship loss. If, UConn loses its first national championship game, and I'm the one who's covering it. I think I might just be finding a new field to go into. I don't think I can. <laughs> covering yeah. the, the worst, not the worst stretch. I mean, I could have started during the Dark Ages, but starting the stretch where they just couldn't figure out how to win one, and then they finally get back and they lose one. Like, maybe for the program's sake, I just need to head out, and I need to go into a data entry job and hate my <laughs> life and... Something like that. I don't know. I'm not actually quitting. Don't worry. I feel like I would have people being like, please don't quit. No, I, I promise. Yeah. I won't be quitting, but it would it would be brutal. Yeah. And, like, I – this tournament, more than anything, has shown me that, like, I feel strongly that I'm not a fan, but I would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to cover their first loss in a national championship yeah. game. I would be incredibly upset about that. On that note, that'll do it for Chasing Perfection, the championship game preview, the one that we had no plans of actually recording. We threw that out there and we're like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to need that. <laughs> nope, here we are. Well, we, will, we won't close with our normal. Megan's on Twitter at Megan Gower. I'm on Twitter at Daniel V. Connolly. The UConn blog, the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. That'll do it.